Anthony, you got the new movie for me, eh? Yes, it's going to be a great picture, and you'll love your character. Have a seat. Listen, Bunny. Bell's here. I gotta go. Listen, hit the bars, work some parties, and get me transvestites. I need transvestites. All right. What? Eddie, what kind of a movie is this? I used to be, I used to be a huge, I used to be super deep into Tim Burton uh, when I was a kid. Um, and like, I do not feel that deep into Tim Burton anymore. Like he is not really, he's not really my dude. I feel like there was a period in like the early and mid 2000s, maybe even the late 90s, where I was in this like, you know when a band has like a good album and then like five bad ones. I don't know why I would draw that parallel because movies are exactly the same thing. You know when a movie director or like maker makes some good movies and then makes a bunch of bad ones and you're, you see how that's like exactly the same. My point is just, I was really into his first bunch of movies because they came out when I was like adolescent and a teen and like having a lot of like really big feelings. Um, and honestly, dude, I don't, what the fuck is Tim Burton's deal, like, as a person? You know what I mean? What is he like? He's like weird and goth, right? And then they started giving him lots of money and he started making terrible movies. But like, early on, there was something, I don't know, what was the mystique? What was the aura for me? Honestly, here's what it was. Um, like, masculinities that seem more okay, that are like less toxic than other masculinities, right? When you're 10 and you haven't figured out that you don't have to like grow up and be some kind of man if you don't want to, um, you're like, what kind of man is an option? And I, I've talked about this a lot on this podcast before. It's not like conscious thought. It's not like, you know, um, thinking this through or like journaling about it. Although maybe I was, I don't know. Probably not. I definitely wasn't thinking in terms of masculinity because I didn't have any of these terms. My point is just like, Tim Burton was like weirdo, like probably got to wear eyeliner, had like long hair that stuck out, um, and made these movies about like, sort of like inarticulate men. I don't know, I'm thinking about Edward Scissorhands specifically. That was like, that was my shit. That was like, and I mean, the thing about that movie has always been that it is just one enormous metaphor, right? Like, I can't touch people, um, and, you know, that was big stuff for me when I was 13. I was like, wow, this is a big obvious metaphor. It's really powerful. Similar kind of to a lot of Amy Bender's short stories, like, actually, um, 
the sort of like weird American magical realist stuff that was like my shit a few years later while I was still in that period where I was trying to be like, no, no, I still like Tim Burton. Like I still care about what he's doing. Um, where are we going with this? Is this going anywhere? Um, I guess I'm just trying to draw a line. I didn't even know I was going to talk about Amy Bender. That's really interesting. She, I mean, maybe you haven't read Amy Bender. Her first book, like, blew my mind. I fucking loved it. And part of it was that it came out when I was probably, like, 20. And this, like, you know, like, trying to be, like, sensitive, like, boy type person. And, like, you know how, like, a lot of the times, uh, a lot of the time, like, straight white cis dudes who identify as male feminists are a little bit like they haven't really like challenged their own centeredness and so like they're they'll like kind of like make like decrees about feminist stuff in a way that they shouldn't be doing or like wouldn't be doing if they had any sense of you know the hierarchies they're reinforcing I was like that kid a little bit or a lot um and so like I found this this woman writer Amy Bender who um I used to talk to Daphne Gottlieb on like Live Journal, the poet Daphne Gottlieb, and I was like super rambunctious about how much I loved Amy Bender. And Daphne was like, dude, she's just like, her writing is like too cute. Oh, dude, I just thought I was getting into a turn lane, but I was actually getting into a like a parking lane on the side of the fucking road, dude. I just like thought I was pulling up to a traffic light, but I was actually pulling up behind a parked car that wasn't going anywhere. Um, my, the thing about that story is just, like, Daphne is like, these stories are really cute, and uh, they're, like, too cute for me, because Daphne is, like, um, tends to be more interested in, like, ripping apart the viscera, you know what I mean? She's got knuckle tattoos that say love poem. Um, and maybe just a picture where it says love, I forget if they're tattoos or if it's just written on her knuckles. Anyway, I haven't talked to Daphne in forever, I hope she's doing well. Um... Amy Bender's stuff, like, didn't even register to me as cute. Um, it just, I mean, obviously, the way that books are marketed, it was, like, definitely, there was, like, pastel, like, cute, blue... Oh, the the book, the book that I loved was called The Girl in the Flammable Skirt, which also felt like... It had the word skirt in the title, which is, like, super, like, gendered feminine, right, obviously. And then also, um... It's, like, the way that short story collections are marketed feel pretty gendered, and the fact that it was, like like I had learned to scan that as women's fiction also felt like important and like you know whatever um I haven't really kept up with Amy Bender either you know whatever like nothing against her she actually I think she is really cool and doing good work um I had a fan website for her that I made at one point um again Imogen where are we going with this? I guess all of that is context for this movie, Ed Wood, right? Uh, I forget when it came out, mid-90s probably. Um, and what's really, I mean, what's been missing from this podcast for a bit is me talking about trans stuff, which is like the most compelling thing for me. Although, I guess I talk about that in every podcast, but not, like, there was no, like, explicit trans stuff in RoboCop, in any of the RoboCops, right? Except for there was one, oh my god, there was trans content. I feel like it was in RoboCop 3. They're in the police station, and this, like, just, 
this like joke about black trans women kind of shows up and disappears and doesn't do anything except be a joke about black trans women. There's just this like very big masculine scanning um, like dude in women's clothes scanning person in the police department at one point. But Ed Wood, dude, I was like, I was like, what should I do for the podcast this week? And I was kind of like flipping through movies and seeing what was interesting. And um, part of what's going on or what's been going on in my life since I moved across the country to the like bombed out crater that used to be LA is that I was off hormones for a bunch of years for like three years. And I just went back on them like a month ago. And it's been a pretty wild thing because the first time I went on hormones, I was like, I was in a pretty different place in my life, right? And like, um, it's like scary but exciting and like it sucks and it's exciting at the same time. Like going on hormones, changing your hormone profile in your body, maybe it's not a big deal for some people. I like didn't know what to expect this time because I'd done it before and I know that it's real and it affects like how it feels to be in your body and like I've been numb as fuck for like the last three years right and honestly who knows how much of that has to do with hormones and how much of that has to do with other things like the exciting thing about hormones effects on your like mood and like how you feel in your body is how not quantifiable it is how like you know Maybe you feel shitty because you're broke, or maybe you feel shitty because, like, anxiety is just, like, a mode that you fall into without thinking about it, and, you know, that's, like, where you go, or maybe it is because of something in your brain. Have I talked about this on the podcast before? There's stuff that seems to happen around, like, whatever. Never mind. We don't need to get into the fucking sort of vague neuroscience of transgenders and hormones is or whatever um <laughs> dude where are we going this morning we're all over the place fucking I was just like should I talk about the fact that even though the apocalypse happened and the world is over um I've been talking to instar books about publishing a collection of these zines called stereotype threat that I did that's probably going to happen next year because I talked a lot about this hormone stuff in uh, one of the issues of stereotype threat that I don't even know like I think I printed them up and never collated them so I don't even know if I got them out there but there's interesting stuff about um, like prenatal brains being primed for the changes that will come in adolescence um, like that'll be like produced by hormones in adolescence which is interesting because like we still like all hormone stuff is uh, and trans stuff is like chicken and egg we don't fucking know who fucking knows it's real regardless of how much you know about it um wow dude <laughs> I'm just like what does any of that have to do with Ed Wood. Well, let me tell you, actually, I can tell you what that has to do with fucking Ed Wood. Thanks for listening. Um, there's some really interesting stuff about the movie Ed Wood, right? Okay, so it's, it's ostensibly like a biopic. Um, we had where I, where I, I almost said where I work, but that would have like drawn the curtain back and exposed the whole thing of this podcast being a post-apocalypse setting, wouldn't it? I guess you can still work after the apocalypse. I mean, the idea is that we're all fucking buzzards, right? Um, 
one of the other buzzards pronounced uh, pronounced it biopic out loud, and um, it was like rowdily, not rowdily, but like enthusiastically judged for it because it's a biopic, not biopic. And I was so stoked that I wasn't the one who said it because I had always I had only read it right. I only really know that word from reading it, and biopic is probably how you would pronounce it, or how I would have pronounced it. Um, they also use that word in Ed Wood, actually. They say biopic, I think. Uh, yeah, he says he's making a biopic of Christine Jorgensen. So the deal is, it's a biopic of this guy, Ed Wood, who was a real guy who made some movies, including uh, Glenn or Glenda, which was about trans stuff, and... Uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, which was like, there's this like real 90s infatuation with um, like trash movies that that was supposed to be the worst movie in history. Um, where are we going? Ed Wood was a real dude. Ed Wood, um, I haven't, I don't know that much about his life in real life. So, um, he's a real dude. He made movies that were notoriously bad. Um, Tim Burton, like, sort of the story around this movie was that Tim Burton felt in Ed, felt like a kindred spirit with Ed Wood, and so he made this movie about this director who, like, he felt like he, like, shared something with, because Tim Burton's thing was, like, kind of making weird stuff, too. Like, Tim Burton felt misunderstood, but, you know, in retrospect, that's more of that, like, straight white cis dude, like, center me, I'm so misunderstood stuff. Whereas... Edward the real dude. So what's going on, right? The the fascinating thing about this movie is that there's this like double obfuscation going where on the one hand, um, Ed Wood was a real dude who I think identified as a cross-dresser or transvestite or whatever. Um, but like we don't get any of his actual um, subjective experience or the way that he conceptualized that stuff, right? So that's like one obfuscation is like how did Ed Wood conceive of this stuff? Like he was doing a biopic of Christine Jorgensen, the, the like big deal media, I almost said the first transsexual, but that's wrong. The, like the, the trans woman who is framed by like American media as the first transsexual. Um, she was like the first one who really became famous for being trans. Ed Wood never transitioned, right? But in the Tim Burton movie, he goes to this guy who's making like exploitation films and he's like, I want to make the Christine Jorgensen movie because, and I have never told anyone this before, but I like to wear women's clothes. Um, and so the, the two levels of obfuscation, right? It's like, how were people conceptualizing the like transvestite slash transsexual divide in whenever the fuck this was going on the 50s the 60s the late 50s early 60s I think um how were people thinking about that and specifically how did Ed Wood think about that like that stuff is is unclear and unaddressed and then on top of that like it's it's obfuscated by like how does Tim Burton think about this stuff like how does Johnny Depp think about this stuff like what how do they conceptualize this stuff and there's like no engagement on those levels like it's pretty interesting um and easy to be like well now in the future like after the great social justice wars like we all know what being trans is and how it works and have solved it and back then they hadn't right and like i don't want to bum you out but 
our understanding of what it means to be trans, when I say our, I mean like in like American, like white people culture, is pretty fucking narrow and we haven't figured it out and we, you know what I mean? Like we've got that like colonizer empiricism understanding of what it means to be trans. Did you hear that digression I made about like neurochemistry and hormones a bit ago? Like it's not actually what being trans is about, although we love to talk about it in those terms, like right, like that and bathrooms or whatever. Um, so the interesting thing about Ed Wood, the movie, is that like, what the fuck does it have to say about gender variants or being trans or whatever, right? Like, Ed Wood is portrayed as this character who has this like great affinity with Christine Jorgensen and does sort of an autobiographical movie about a like fictionalized Christine Jorgensen, but like he doesn't transition, right? And there, like I said, there's no real engagement with like transvestite, transsexual division, like what the difference is between those two identities, except I guess like maybe Tim Burton is portraying that divide as like less pronounced than it tends to be portrayed as, or maybe more pronounced. It's interesting. I mean, they don't talk about any of this shit, right? And I'm kind of just riffing. Like, I haven't thought this through um, in terms of, like, a paragraph that I wrote and revised, but, like, how did they conceptualize this stuff in the 50s, right? Like, mostly what I know is the, like, Virginia Prince model, which is, again, like, very white, very middle class, very, like, don't transition, but, like, have a secret feminine or, like, female slash feminine self that like you express sometimes, right? And like also like bully your wife, like have a wife and then bully her into letting you do that whenever you feel like it. And it's just like, it's so entrenched in, like I wasn't around in the fifties, you know what I mean? I don't know what any of that stuff was like, but it's like so entrenched in what I understand to be the culture at the time of like, you know what I mean? Um, Wow, this would make a lot more sense as an essay than a podcast. Um, gender norms in the 50s constructed male-to-female transsexuality or transvestism like pretty differently than we do now. Or did it? Like, that's... <laughs> I mean, yes and no, right? They constructed man and woman differently at that point. Um, and so... It's just weird, right? Like, I mean, ultimately, I guess what I'm getting at, I guess the, like, thesis here is that Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, who plays Ed Wood in the movie, don't know shit about trans people, as far as I can tell. And therefore, like, don't know how to give us a portrait of a trans person. And so what you get is this, like, good-intentioned early 90s or mid-90s, like, movie about chosen family, right? Which I think is part of why this is an important movie to me. Or You know what? This wasn't even an important movie to me. I think at the time, I don't think I was, like, consciously distancing myself from it, but it just, like, it didn't fuck me up the way that, like, Edward Scissorhands did, right? And I think part of that is because of the refusal to engage with 
transness in this movie, right? Which is ostensibly a movie that has trans characters in it. I mean, they wouldn't identify that way. Um, Bill Murray plays a character named Bunny Breckenridge who talks about, like, going to Mexico to, like, get a series of hormone injections and then have a sex change operation. Um, which, like, I guess Bunny was a real person who had been a drag queen at one point. Um, I, I looked her up on Wikipedia. Wikipedia uses male pronouns. I don't, I have no idea, like, what are the appropriate pronouns for that person. I guess that, that like, I want to go to Mexico and have a sex change operation story was true. And she tried it, and as she tells the story in the movie, there's some kind of gross, like, look at these, like, Mexican musicians I brought back with me as, like, props and not people stuff. But, like, here's the thing. Bunny does not identify as transsexual, as far as we can tell. Doesn't even really do any cross-dressing. Like, spends a lot of time in, like, a white suit at this very, like, um... Oh, fuck, I'm spacing on the name a little bit. Has this vibe, kind of like that person who does astrology on Spanish-language television, um, with the blonde hair, who, like, scans as, like, like, not very macho. I can't believe I can't think of that person's name. Anyway, um, what the fuck is Bunny's story, right? Um, Bunny is super connected to the transvestite slash transsexual community in L.A., apparently, because when Ed is casting the, um, the Christine Jorgensen movie, Bunny is able to bring in, like, a dozen, uh, you know, I know the phrase men in dresses is, like, triggery for some trans women, because it's, like, such a common thing to call trans women and, like, try to hurt feelings or whatever, but, like, it feels like that's what the casting call was, right? Like, these are not... Like, this is why we want trans women to play trans women in movies and TV, right? Because these are, like, just a bunch of fucking dudes. Like, they, they just look like a bunch of manly men who are kind of wearing makeup. And, like, the, the fucked up thing, the reason it feels complicated here is that, like, from my understanding of Virginia Prince, like, did I just, did I say who she was before? Virginia Prince fucking, um started magazines, was, like, kind of an activist around trans stuff, but was very much, like, I did mention this, was just very much, like, don't be transsexual, like, just, like, dress like a woman, but be a man, and, like, have a, this second self. I think she founded the Society for the Second Self, and, um, so, like, maybe all these men in dresses is accurate to the time period, but also, like, who fucking cares if it's accurate? Like, I doubt Tim Burton thought this through, right? Like, they're played for a joke. Um, and I don't know, man, like, why would you do that? And, and, and I guess this is, this is my problem with Ed Wood is that like that refusal to engage with the subjectivity of a trans experience and like the movie conveniently sort of pushes aside this discussion by framing itself as, like, basically an Ed Wood movie. You know what I mean? There's, like, a cheesy introduction, and all the acting is pretty, like, over-the-top and cardboard. So, like, it's not trying to be the kind of movie that would engage with a trans... transgender... a trans subjectivity. But, like... So what you get, like, that's, like, super convenient, right? Because what you get 
like, who the fuck is Ed Wood in this movie, right? He's this, like, cheerful, constant optimist who, like, he gets flustered sometimes, but he never gets, uh, he never gets, like, depressed or, like, worried about failure. He just kind of, like, pushes through. I mean, maybe he gets depressed. He does a lot of relying on the women in his life to do emotional labor for him, which, like, is consistent with the Virginia Prince model of, uh, the second self or whatever. But, like, what does Ed Wood think about his cross-dressing, right? Like, we know that he is scared to come out about it to the women that he dates, um, because he knows that they're not going to react well. But also there's a scene towards the end of the movie where he's got these, like, Christian, there's, like, a Christian church that's financing Plan 9 from outer space, and he is frustrated with their intrusions into his artistic vision, and so, like, he gets upset and he goes to his dressing room and he, like, is like, I need to calm down, I need to chill out, and he, like, hugs an Angora sweater, which is what, like, his thing is super deep into Angora, um, and then he winds up, like, putting on a skirt and an Angora sweater and probably some makeup and all that stuff and, like, um, he comes back out, like, raring to go, like, his mood is just, like, all the way better because now he's, like, wearing women's clothes and is, like, mad that the Christian backers who have objected to, like, the grave robbing in his movie and other shit, he, like, doesn't get that they're not going to be down with his cross-dressing. Like, how do you not know that they're not going to like that? You know what I mean? Like, Ed Wood, you're a fucking idiot. And I might argue that in order to do a movie about Ed Wood that, like, kind of centers his cross-dressing when it's convenient for the plot, but otherwise, like, sweeps it aside. Like, there's no resolution to his cross-dressing besides he winds up getting with this woman who is okay with it. Like, the, the cross-dressing story of the movie just, like, kind of doesn't fucking go anywhere. And I feel like in order to do a movie that treats Ed Wood's cross-dressing in this way, right, like, as an important part of his life, but, like, not one we're going to engage with in any meaningful way, you kind of have to portray him as this, like, impenetrable, like, elfin figure who, like, we don't know as a person. You know what I mean? Like, Ed Wood, we, we know in the movie that he wants to make movies. Like, he has a desire, and he succeeds in that desire a couple times, despite obstacles, right? But, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's so frustrating to be, like, trans people have been so visible for so long, have been, like, such a part of this culture, but just the way that meaning is produced, like, not to get super critical theory or whatever, but, like, the way that meaning is reproduced, is produced and reproduced, right? The way that, like, discourse, ugh, hashtag discourse, I don't even want to use that word ever again, it's, like, problematic, I'm bored of it. Um, the way that discourse is produced and reproduced, though, just, like, necessitates this, like, glaring refusal to engage with what it might be like to be a trans person, right? Like, we get cis people making movies about other cis people who are also kind of trans. You know what I mean? Like, Ed Wood is a cis dude who loves women, like, very heterosexual, very invested in his own heterosexuality, um, reassuring people all the time, like, no, no, I'm not gay, I'm just a cross-dresser sometimes. And, like, that's infuriating. Like, fuck that so much. You know what I mean? Like, we don't... How does he know Bunny, right? Like, how did they meet? The scene where Bunny is talking about, like, going to Mexico to get a sex change operation, like, 
Edward is sitting on one side of his girlfriend Dolores and Bunny is sitting on the other side of her and she's just like right in the middle of these like Bunny talking about wanting a sex change operation and Edward talking about wrestling and like you're talking about gender here right like the woman is being silenced the like feminine spectrum man type person I guess is talking about feminine type things and the like masculine spectrum like cross-dresser type person is talking about masculine things right um similarly the movie opens with a uh, play that Edward has written and put together maybe directed I don't know where there are two men in a bunker in a war and then this woman who is an angel comes down and the men are wearing like uniforms and talking about war and then this woman in a white dress like floats down from the top of the screen and talks about peace and it's just like okay this is a movie about gender, right? Like, you are gendering the shit out of this opening scene. Um, so, like, what are you saying about gender in this movie? Like, you're saying fucking nothing, and especially fucking nothing about cross-dressers or trans women or, like, anybody else, except that, like, they exist and their subjectivity doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, I, I keep thinking about the scene where Ed Wood, towards the end, like, comes out dressed in women's clothes and just, like, is oblivious to the fact that these Baptists or whatever are going to be upset about that. Like, that just feels like it's, like, almost the final scene, right? It's, like, Ed Wood filming his triumphant movie. It's, like, it's the, basically the climax of the film, and what we get is that Edward doesn't know fucking shit about what people think about his cross-dressing because he's a stupid idiot. You know what I mean? And, like, that's the climactic revelation. That's, like, pretty weak. It's not pretty weak. It's pretty strong. It's a pretty strong statement of something. You know what I mean? And that statement is not trans people are real and matter. You know what I mean? That statement is trans people are fucking crazy and not us. You know what I mean? And I feel like that component of like trans people are not us is something that I've been thinking about a lot because I feel like that is really the discourse right that really is like not the discourse but like the central issue of or not the central but like a central issue of like why it fucking blows to figure out your trans or at least did blow to figure out your trans when I was doing it um I don't know what it's like now um probably different cultural touchstones somebody else make a podcast about that shit I just like I feel like that's a big deal to be like trans people are always other right and like here we go with the centering of the like the middle class white person right but um a lot of the people including myself who like are in a place to be talking loudest about trans experiences are very much coming from this place of like having been centered right like having been told you are a straight middle-class white like cis dude um and therefore you're the person who matters and therefore like when we talk about us as a culture right we're talking about you like this is like the like the demographic that voted trump into office right like there's an us and there's a them and there's no crossing from one to the other like you don't become a them you know what i mean it also gives this weird idea that like or, like, sort of implies this weird idea that if you come out as trans or queer or whatever, like, you will leave the, like, normal people community, right? Like, the, like, us 
and you can just like go exist in the queer people community right the lgbt community or whatever like the them it doesn't work that way like that's not what a culturally centered group is like that's not what it is to be what's going on here in terms of traffic this is mysterious you hear me you know what i'm saying you understand my point um it's just it's a shame because you know this is i wrote about this on about the sandman comics a while ago i kind of had a lot of shit to talk about the Sandman comics that Neil Gaiman wrote, because they were really important to me around the same age that Tim Burton's work was important to me, and, like, um, I sort of, I don't know, I feel like I, I had a lot of shit to talk about those and about Neil Gaiman and stuff, because I was younger and, like, didn't give a fuck about what kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like, getting out my, my aggression towards that stuff felt really good. I'm like, yeah, I'm righteous. I hate fucking this shit. And the reality is, who fucking cares, right? Like, why you gotta be self-righteous about that shit? And so similarly, like, I don't wanna be self-righteous about this Tim Burton shit necessarily, but I do feel like... Just, like, kind of sad about it. Just, like, why don't we get better things? You know what I mean? Why do we consistently get this fucking... non-representation you know what I mean um so like uh what, what else can I tell you about it fucking I feel like I thought of a conclusion <sighs> what's the point I guess there isn't a point I watched Ed Wood it was fine no it wasn't fine it kind of I mean I don't know in the end like what does it mean that Tim Burton, like, the story that we told about this movie was, um, or that, like, the story around this movie was that Tim Burton felt a kinship with this dude, or with, yeah, I guess this dude, with Ed Wood, right, being this, like, movie-making weirdo who, like, assembled a bunch of weirdos around him, and, like, why did Tim Burton feel that affinity, right? Is Tim Burton trans? Seems unlikely. Um, where are you going? I didn't even open up my notebook. Whatever, fuck it. You hear me. It's just like, you should watch this and tell me what you think. Like, um, I guess this is kind of all over the place. My point is just like, I don't think this shit is fixed. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Stonewall movie that came out in 2015, fucking, uh, thinking about like Transamerica came out in 2005, like, just like trans representation has sucked for a long time and apparently Michelle Re Re uh, Michelle Rodriguez is working on like a horrible trans movie that's going to be like super depressing and also we'll probably go see it in the theater um I don't know man there, there's just something there and like I'm sorry to bring it back to masculinity again there's something there about masculinity too I guess I can bring it back to where I started which was when I was a kid right and I was like need some kind of masculinity what I wanted was like a masculinity that wasn't about like aggression or violence right and so Tim Burton kind of being like I feel an affinity to this like cross-dressing weirdo um felt important to me it felt like okay that's a possibility right but like I guess my point is just like even that masculinity that like middle-class, white, heterosexual masculinity that, like, masquerades as sort of inclusive, or you might even argue, like, 
forgiving of deviance instead of accepting of deviance um, is still really toxic. You know what I mean? Um, so masculinity is a fucking minefield. Who would have thought? <laughs> Alright truck nuts and dickholes, that's it. Imogen Benny on Twitter, this song is by People Watching, that other song was by Gorgon. Fuck capitalism and fuck your internalized colonizer mindset. See ya.